The Deep Dive presents the Fifth Year Option NFL Draft Podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by Betsperts. That's correct. It is Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund. Sometimes they call him Luke because that is his uh, given name when he was born all those years ago. And we're going to talk a little more combine than draft because there hasn't been a lot of shaking up in the markets. And truthfully, this was something that wasn't really a thing for years, but there's a lot more combine markets than kind of in years past. And truthfully, like just right off the top, a lot of it doesn't feel super bettable to me. A lot of it is like, will somebody break the all-time record for like, you know, how many how many reps they do at the bench press? A lot of that stuff, is, it's going to be hard to price that, hard to take swings at some of these long shots. I mean... Uh, most of the most of the damage done by people we know this week were probably done on price picks. We saw a lot of those uh, forty times. I think they released like 30, 30 some forty times uh, over under. You can't call them over unders there because of course it's not gambling at price picks. It's DFS, but more or less, I believe is how they say it. And some people beat those numbers up. Uh, did you get it in? Did you get in on anything combine prop betting or DFS or otherwise, Luke, this week? I did not. I've, I've never really gotten involved in the combine betting markets where like, it's tough, especially like, will a record be broken uh, where they look so juicy and you're like, oh my God, like someone has to break this. And then you look at like the year that this record was placed or like, like the 40 was like 2015. Like a lot of them have been standing for multiple years, which is like, zero interest you don't know who's actually going to run 40s where it's just yeah i yeah i have no interest in it but i know a lot of people do and it can be leveraged i think yeah i think the only one i've seen someone who actually probably like thought about it looked into it did some informational stuff and made a bet was that the 40 the 40 yard dash record will fall because there are there are two or three guys that run close to that and i think a lot of books were hanging about five to one on that i uh i will admit i put a few bucks on it i won't call it i won't call it the s word but it wasn't like uh <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a bet with a lot of conviction it was more of a all i have is some prize picks you know <laughs> mashups at this point i'd like to pay attention although the schedule of this thing it, it's a slow rollout because for the most part like the first couple of days just like nothing happens not to say that there isn't news and I mean the people who share tweets um, and information and quotes and all that that's been flying heavily obviously the combine probably is more about information that you're hearing from you know GMs or people that are giving interviews than it is like how much you know how did he do it the three cone drill yeah because we all we always remember that stuff but it's always it's I mean, it's almost like the time you hit a six-leg parlay. You always remember that. You don't remember the the nine hundred other parlays you place. <laughs> right. You always, you know, you remember that one guy who blows up the combine every year. Uh, yeah, you remember it's, the. It's, 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 yeah, it's outstanding, but you don't remember everybody else's three cone time. Right. Like you remember? Had a, yeah, for sure. You remember the one time you bought a half point and it saved you, and you forget all the hundred times it, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there's going to be guys that have like really good combines. Like, hey, this is a good combine, but it's expected. And then we forget all about that because it just, it wasn't the the one or two guys who just like, holy shit, this guy was fast for a huge guy. This guy was crazy good in the three cone or the shuttle if you were an offensive lineman. And like he, it, it affected his draft stock. Like the guys who are, 
that's going to matter. It's, it's probably you can count them on one hand, you know, as far as that. A lot of it is going to be, hey, this guy interviewed well. Or, oh, my God, this guy interviewed with a bunch of teams and we didn't think he was going to do that. Is he is he more of a late first-round pick where a lot of people projecting him for a day-two guy? I think that's the kind of stuff you do learn this week. And we're excited for next week, too, because uh, first guest next week, post-combine, that should be – we should have some good stuff next week, honest to God. Do they release the uh, Wonderlick? Or do they even do that anymore? I, that was always I, a huge storyline. I brought that up. Um, the other day on a show, and the more I thought about it afterwards, I'm like, I haven't heard shit about the Wonderland. I think they stopped releasing really it. And I didn't have an actual confirmation because this tweet was from somebody who I don't know. I don't know if I can trust. But he basically said they, they just did away with it. So it's either done away with or they just don't care anymore. So I don't think it's something we do anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, the com- there's like so many tweets. There's so many quotes and it's all valuable and um, you definitely have to take, especially the quotes with the grain of salt. It's like, you're, you're literally, we're just watching coaches give political answers. Um, Cause yeah. they do. there's no reason for, um, but uh, then there's the, the tweets for, which honestly the, the tweet from Bryce young walking in yesterday next to that. And then I was like six, six. That guy's like six, nine or something like of all the people to walk in with. Luke. Like, I watched why? it a hundred times and, that is definitely the smallest I've seen him look. And he looked really small. Uh, where all the other photos you see of him, he's like next to someone that's already short and you're comparing the two. It's like Nick Saban's 5'6", and this means Bryce is 5'7", five, 5'8", five, or Mark Ingram's 5'9", he's standing next to him and he's shorter. It's, which this one, he looked tiny. Um, which, yeah. put on better shoes, pal. Like, just, let's just get yourself propped up a little. Um, but those are the types of things that we're just overanalyzing at this point. And I don't think we're going to get anything on Bryce until Saturday, as we discussed before this. Um, I think the over under on his weight was set at like exactly 200 and it opened at like 190 something and it got steamed up. <laughs> yeah, it did open 195 at one of the offshores and got bet yeah. up, which is amazing because the limit on it was like $25 and it still got bet up to like 200. And yeah, he was six, six. Not only was Shoemaker wearing like, was he just a six foot six tight end? He was wearing like Skechers shape ups. Like his yeah. shoes had like massive soles on it. And then thirdly, I mean, just the way perspective works shit looks smaller when it's further away. Like he was, he was in the, the further of the two players from the angle the camera was taking. So it made it look even worse. Like be in the foreground of pictures, right. wear, wear better shoes and don't walk next to huge tight ends. Like it's not helping your case at all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, and he's the only guy that's not like Levis Richardson and Stroud, I think all are throwing, which is def which is Saturday. And that's definitely, goodness i mean they're gonna i mean throwing against air like you always look fantastic but i'm ready for these guys just to erupt in terms of like social media hype and it's gonna be video after video and everything's gonna get after saturday things are gonna get hot for sure yeah and it it sucks that his pro we record these on thursdays his pro day is a thursday it is march 23rd which is a, a thursday Hopefully it's something they do in the morning, I guess, because we do we do record this in the afternoon. Honestly, we we might reschedule this just around Bryce Young's pro day, mm-hmm. just so we, I, I hate to record it like while he's throwing or before and not know exactly what happened. Although, I mean, if somebody compares it to like 
throwing the ball in your pajamas compared to, you know, putting on the pads, facing a pass rush, having an offensive line in front of you. Like, it's not the same thing, but we still eat it up. It, we, yeah, we eat it up. And I mean, I can't think of a pro day where a guy has ever hurt his stock. Like the whole thing, like pro days are the most rigged thing that isn't rigged. It's just, it's, they are in their element. It is a scripted play. Um, and it is really hard to screw up where the combine, it, I guess it's less rigged, um, but like it's tough. And I'm not like, what are we going to get out of the pro day other than, I don't even know. Like he threw, he throws great. Zach Wilson is the prime example, yeah. <laughs> which Jeremiah still loved him, but let's see how that, yeah, see how that one worked out. And it's funny too, like you talk about it's less rigged. The combine is sort of rigged too. And um, our friend Anthony Amico, which honestly is just bad every long shot, like that guy needs that guy needs some some wildness at number one, and he'll be rich because he has some fun numbers. But <laughs> he he brings this up repeatedly, like the weight. You know, everyone's gonna see through the Bryce Young weight. Like you know, he he played probably in the upper 170s as like an actual playing weight, maybe 180s. Like he's going to put on a bunch of water wig. He's going to eat a bunch of pasta, put a bunch of carbonara in him and he's going to weigh in. Like people are going to see through that. Hey, that's not your actual playing weight, but at least it's, at least he didn't come in and weigh like 177 because that's Mm -hmm. just jarring. But I mean, the same thing can be said about the combine. It used to be a, Hey, come here and we'll, we'll see what you guys can do. What what do you have going for you? And they said, let's come up with a bunch of tests that are good uh, speed, strength, agility, b- ch- changing directions. And it's just like everything else now. There's people and there's camps that'll take you and coach you up and teach you, here's better technique to do the shuttle run. A better technique, if you really take that and run with it and you suddenly become a really good shuttle runner or you become great at the three cone drill because you have a coach helping you out with that probably doesn't make you like, Hey, I'm a better football player than I was, you know, three weeks ago, but you're going to do better at the combine. And it's curious. I'd actually love to talk to somebody about that who does scouting. Maybe I should just start random DMing scouts, lower end mm-hmm. scouts on like Instagram and seeing someone will answer. Like you wonder if they do start to see through that, like, Hey, you know, this guy really did well in the three cone and like, a lot of this is just super tilted now because they go and sit as soon as the season's over. If you're like, if you're going in the draft, you're going in the top few rounds and you really need to improve your stock. Mm-hmm. Like why wouldn't you go see one of those coaches get really good at the shuttle run or right. you know, wh- whatever position you're at. If it's like, Hey, I'm an offensive lineman. They love the the 20 yard shuttle or the three cone. I need to go. All I need to do for the next two months is work on that so I can shave off a few tenths. And it's going to make me how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on the back end just by doing that. So right. it, it's all it's all kind of a rigged game at this point. And you really don't want to overreact, which I don't want to say yesterday was a prime example. Uh, but with the whole Jalen Carter situation, which we're not going to get into morally, uh, where it was definitely something that I jumped on which had first defensive player up and then got pulled shortly later and you feel good about it. And then later last night, I forget which guy, maybe it was like, it was someone from NFL.com started reporting about how the teams he's talked to are saying that he's still going to go high um, and teams just look past this, which like, and I saw a comment in it uh, under that tweet. And it was honestly perfect. It was, 
if Hannibal Lecter was in the NFL combine, teams would just say he has an eating disorder and still take him anyway, um, yeah. which is honestly true, which they are misdemeanors. Like if you look at the play by play on what happened, it sounded, it seems bad, uh, but he is a freak. And I really, the, like I jumped on Tyree Wilson, I think it was like plus 650 on FanDuel, uh, which I already have Anderson as well. And that felt like a great situation, but to me, he's still going to go the first. It is somewhat of a, a red flag, whether nothing comes of this or not. We're still talking about a top, top five pick. Let's just say like, like which it, like it feels, it feels like even if this takes a turn for the worst, like falling out of the top 10 feels like a huge stretch. Oh yeah. But it, yeah, like it's top. And it matters five, more eight. for like when you're like these red flags that like, we overreact too, but are still a thing. Like matter more when you're talking top five. And God, the Eagles at ten. <laughs> My God, who need a defensive tackle? Imagine if he just fell to ten and you got the Eagles who, and like the good teams are the ones that can't take risks on character. And he's had character concerns prior to this even happening. Um, and this is just getting added to the fold. And it's going to be very interesting. I guess he went to the combine today, getting in front of it. Best case, he it came out earlier than what, than like right before, and it was like a Jeremy Tunsil situation, and that would have just completely thrown him down. Um, but I and I did I have a couple comments about this. Um, the report coming out essentially day one of the combine after he'd already traveled, and the fact that like the police subpoenaed him or you know uh, whatever it was to ask him to come in after he'd already gone to Indianapolis that didn't feel super coincidental I don't know if uh, somebody you know if, if the timing was you know someone was trying to be a dick about it again like what we're not going to get into the morality of what he did I don't want to that's not what we're doing here at this podcast. like obviously hey guys don't street race. It's probably a bad idea. I shouldn't have to tell you these things. Like, don't don't speed like that. But uh, producer Dan asked me about it, kind of right in the you know the the aftermath of this. I'm checking the timestamps. This was right after lunch yesterday. We were talking about kind of what kind of fall we could expect because that's your first mind. It's like where does he fall to now? And I did the same thing as you. I took some Anderson first overall at a huge price. I took some Anderson first defensive player before they took it out. Um, you know, some Wilson and I thought about it for a little bit and I, I responded to producer Dan and I said, man, I don't know if teams actually give a shit. They just kind of yeah. have to pretend they have to pretend they do. And all he has to do is come out and be really remorseful and say like, you know, Hey guys, I'm how old am I? Uh, you know, I have no idea how he's probably like 21. Like, you know, I'm young. Uh, I made some mistakes. I got in with the wrong crowd. It'll never happen again. I'm just going to grow up. I take it seriously now. This is my job going forward. Oh, and they're like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this isn't going to happen. This is not a pattern anymore. He's fine. Draft him fourth overall. Because and and the good analog for this was, and it sucks to say this out loud, but if you're really, really, really good at something that can make some other people a whole lot of money. Like it, it matters less what happens to you when it comes to getting in trouble with the law. And the, the prime example that got brought up was multiple teams fighting over who could give Deshaun Watson a giant contract in the offseason. Like right. multiple teams are in on him. So it's a, and, the sad reality of it is he probably doesn't fall. Yeah. And I think like all the first offensive player odds got pulled. And 
I'm I'm not I'm not honestly I don't think they might are going to put him back up if they do. Before I saw the tweets last night about teams not caring, I would have said Anderson would reopen like minus two hundred, Tyree like plus two twenty five, um, and then Carter I I think would still be third. I don't know how high. Maybe he would have like Wilson's odds at like plus six fifty. But at this point, I would probably say Anderson. It's so tough. Like Anderson, a heavy favorite. And then Wilson and Carter, somewhat close, I guess you could say, like plus 200, plus 300 maybe. Um, and then money will come in and will affect it. But yeah, I don't see, I don't, I, they probably won't put it back up. Maybe they will now. I mean, I know producer Dan got some Jalen Carter, an over under today that Bet Online put up for a little bit. But um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and it's weird how these markets are going up. Some of the offshores have been putting things up, pulling them down, putting them up, pulling them down. Like, I'm not going to fault any book for pulling down the markets yesterday in the in the wake of that report coming out. That's just how life goes. But be interesting. I do think the best de- or first defensive player, it's just one of the core markets, Luke. Like, it has to go back up. So I, I think they'll probably just, you know, the, the people who set those sort of lines are just waiting for a little more information to come out of the combine about – maybe getting a couple teams to release some statements about it and say, Hey, you know, we're still yeah, looking and, at this kid and, and then it'll go back up. But Anderson, like you're, you're right. Anderson should be favored. And then probably Wilson and uh, Carter probably priced pretty closely between the two. Yeah, and one the, in there. And like the first overall pick was really the only gauge to like for this, which Vandal adjusted like Carter from plus seven fifty now, or last time I checked, he was like, 25 26 to one um, which that gives you some sort of an idea but it also brings in the idea of which i it, having a great anderson and a good wilson ticket i don't see myself doing this but if carter's odds open up high enough for first defensive player at this point you have to at least think about it like hi i'm talking like i was gonna say what what give me a number it's, it know. opens it opens five to one. Are you betting it? Got to be bigger. I mean, we're talking just like free money at this point because it's one of those three. Well, you have the uh, other two. Yeah, there's nobody right. like I don't see Miles Murphy jumping all three or any. Right. Of these, you know, no, no, there's not going to be a cornerback that's drafted before any of the edge rushers. Like it is one of the three. And yeah, yeah. five, six, seven, somewhere in there. I'd have to think about it. I probably wouldn't. I'd I'd feel I'd feel silly, honestly, but big, yeah, it just big feels numbers, like eight, nine. Yeah. Like my first gut know. reaction, because uh, CJ was talking about this yesterday, was if he opens up at like ten to one or better, then I'll think about it. This was before I saw those tweets last night, and then seeing those tweets now, like six, seven to one, I'll think about it. But if I didn't have an Anderson or a Wilson ticket, I'd definitely think about it more seriously which at this point, like Anderson's priced out. Wilson, we're going to assume is it's just, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And then there's um, got, yeah. Um, like miles now, like I think miles is a guy that's just going to keep falling. Um, but we don't even, we, yeah. Beating a dead horse with this first defensive player. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it will see. It probably reopens after the combine. 
likely mm. next this time next week we'll be talking about a bunch of markets that have finally opened up after the combine we'll have a ton more news i'm super excited to see all the updates like just refreshing certain people's feeds and refreshing websites and waiting for like weights to come in because i don't give me real quick before we move on off uh just like you know the top players and combine stuff what's your what's your bryce young weight estimate i want to put you on record right now what is the official released weight i'm gonna say 198 yeah going 201 I feel, like was, I feel like he's just going to do everything he can to come in on the other side of that to have it start with a two. Like if he has to, if he has to just down a 12 inch sub right before he gets on there. No, two hundred one is going to be my answer at first. And then it's just everything I'm saying is he's going to be 200 pounds and maybe he's not, which yeah, I don't know. I'm not as fascinated on his weight as everyone else is. Like I just want his height and that's it. Which I think already it, know. Yeah, it, it is it's bullshit to begin with. Like it's a bullshit weight, but I will say, I wonder somewhat about the height too, because like the, the Kyler Murray thing, like Kyler Murray's height at the combine was hilarious too. He came in at like five ten, not five ten. Like go look what like the measurements came out on him. Like clearly he's, he's small. Go look at the Heisman pictures. Like, and I know the tricks of the camera and the angles and perspective and all that, but man, Kyler Murray's tiny, so I'm I'm it, with you. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the official height is released at too. And it's funny too because you know you can write whatever you want and put that out. These GMs, these scouts, these coaches are going to meet with him in person. They're going to stand next to him like they're going to know how tall he is. And and honestly, like when I was watching, when you're watching Kyler in college, like him being small was your first reaction every time you watched. Was like he's tiny, mm-hmm. and honestly. With Bryce, thinking about him being small really has never come to fruition for me until we've gotten into the draft process. Like when I'm watching him, him being small isn't my first thought. When I'm watching Kyler, him being small is my first thought. Um, and they're totally different. Kyler's definitely exceeding 200 pounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're totally overblowing this whole Bryce thing. And But it is what it is. And that's just part of the process. And you got to, that's why you got to, let everything marinate and not overreact. Yeah. All right. I wanted to talk. Um, we'll, we'll get to my mock too, but I want to talk your process because mine has started to change. And this is something we talked on right away. Episode one, part one, whatever we're calling it, a 50 year option. We said, we're not the GMs. We don't draft. Neither do you. In fact, <laughs> a lot of the talking heads that have opinions. If you listen to, uh, you watch the NFL network, you listen to the PFF podcast, any of the, the bigger names, even even guys we love and respect, even the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, they are not drafting these players. Their opinions are important, but they're much, much less important than the actual people drafting. <clears throat> so I start to, you know, I, I do take a lot of information in, but I think a, a lot of the opinion stuff I take in with a grain of salt and I don't use it as much. The, the really good informational tweets that I use, and I'm trying to, I wish I'd bookmark this one. I'm so mad. I, I have it in my sheet somewhere too, but I'm still organizing that. A lot of it is like fit and things like that. And, you know, a, a good one, and this is, it's later in the draft, which is tough because all it takes is the Raiders to make some weird moves like they always do. And then there's just dominoes start falling. And it's like, holy shit, this, you know, the safety from Alabama's here at 20. 
Like we have to just take him, even if we don't need the safety that badly. He just fell so far. Sometimes right. you take a player just because he fell because people are doing weird shit. But like the if Keenan Allen were and they're saying he's not going to get released, like Keenan Allen being replaced in the slot by JSN, like that's just such a a perfect fit. Like if you can find a guy who's kind of in a range and he's a perfect fit for a team, like it just makes so much sense. And I've I've started to read some uh, Forbes, so Chad Forbes, and I get, yeah, you know maybe we aren't huge Chad Forbes guys, but he had a good tweet from the other day, and I'll just read the whole damn thing. It says, Lions Devin Witherspoon fit makes no sense. Lions play the most man coverage in the league at corner. Spoon excels in zone coverage. Christian Gonzalez though fits their scheme perfectly. Brad Holmes prefers to target young players upside, and he's a former West Coast stout, scout. Like, and as much as sometimes like some of these guys are like that is shit, a, like, that matters. That's something. That's something you take it, and the, the, um, that's what I'm. I'm gathering that. That's what I'm gonna be doing all week. That's what I'll be doing all through this week and next week, and honestly, all the way up to the draft. Like, fit. Not only that, but uh, scout tendencies, GM tendencies, any like that. Not only does it go in the, the vault for this year, but these are good nuggets for next year. For years, you know, if you, if if some of these assistant GMs move on to to full time GM positions in another organization, these are good notes to have. That's really, yeah. really what I'm starting to uh, you know starting to pull in. Yeah, when you brought this this up, that tweet was the first thing that I thought of where. Like the fit definitely uh, that is a personal opinion. And when you have groups like corner where they're all so tight, um, it's these little yeah. tidbits that definitely matter. Um, where like before the combine started, I got all the mocks down because everyone does their pre-combine mocks. And then I got all the power rankings down. And in terms of opinions, like there's tidbits in the mocks, but really I just try to keep it as clean as possible and use Jeremiah, Brugler, I don't know how to pronounce last name, which is a common theme in McShay and basically just get an aggregate between those three and cross reference it with the, the mock average and what guys are, because those are the three guys I think are the most, especially Jeremiah, obviously, but those are the three guys I think whose football opinion in terms of like scouting actually matters where they're going to, every website's going to have their own power rankings. And it's it just, I feel like everyone is trying to be contrarian and, say they love this guy that no one else does. And um, those are the three guys that don't think really care or are going to. Um, and it's yeah. just like true where um, Walter football, it's like one of the best resources out. Um, I went to go add his big board and <laughs> I couldn't because it was just too galaxy brain. Um, and I was totally expecting it where he had like Bijan one, which is fair. I think he had like Quentin three or four. I was like, okay, um, we're not going to add this one. Hopefully it will um, even out because you want it to be relative to the others. Where when I'm adding mocks, if someone has Anthony Richardson number one right now, like great, but I'm not going to add it because that's just not like consistent with the general theme of like, not like that's just yeah. right now. And, it, and it's funny because you're talking about two different things, mock drafts. And then you brought this up and maybe people who are a little more casual and only look at some mocks, don't look at rankings. Some guys who are really into this, like Jeremiah do, uh, you know, they have just lists of rankings 
And just because they rank one corner ahead of the other doesn't mean their mock is going to have it that way. Exactly. Sometimes sometimes it's a fit thing. Sometimes it's a preference or how they feel a team feels about a player. And he might say this is the this is the number three corner, and that guy might go you know fifth corner because of how it works out. And I respect that from their craft. But these these lists of players, it's like it's like Luke. What does the MVP in the NFL mean to you? Like, what is the definition of the MVP? Like you don't you don't even have to answer it because like it's it's one of those things where in every sport we do this everybody has this definition of MVP should it be the best player should it be the player that means the most to their team should it be the player that would mean the most if you took them off the team like those things get argued and argued and I think that can be said about these lists that people make about like how they rank any position I don't think there's very much consistency from one person to the next. Like some guys are saying, you know, I feel like they're looking at this from a long view. Like here's a list of all the players and they're looking at it. Like here's what they would bring value to your team over like their career or their first five years. Or, you know, like if Bijan Robinson has the highest hall of fame uh, kind of upside at, at his position or whatever we're talking about. Some guys are strictly looking at it from right now, year one, where they should be, you know, where they should be drafted one by one by one. So I think there just lacks some consistency from one list to the next. And that's why you yeah. have freaking, Oh, a guy, a guy we like in Walter football and Charlie, you know, the, the Campbell's we, we like them, but their list is not being written the same way. The Jeremiah's list is being written with the same thought process. And they're impossible to compare at that point. Right. And yeah, I think you want to, you want to pick out a bunch that, you think are sharp and you respect and just stick to it. And you can't add random guys as you go, because then it just creates volatility of like the opinion, which is what we're trying not to do. Um, you want to just keep it. I have three opinions. I respect and through the whole time. I'm just going to stick to those three. And yeah, it's uh, it's the best process. Um, we're like, for example, like right now, I think the, the biggest difference in, out of like 15 mocks I got, like Addison, he's getting mocked in the 20s. Uh, but out of those three guys, they have him ranked 15th, um, so, which is like that is like a difference to me in a, such a tight class um, where Quentin is getting ranked at 15, but his ranking is in the 20s, which is like totally opposite. Um, and that's going to be the fit. That's going to – that is – prime example of which the receivers are fit the corners are fit um i don't even know where i'm going with this anymore no and i think you're right it's it's you're saying what i said about the you know just because the ranking has this guy as the fifth best wide receiver like if if he's a slot guy if he's small if he's and they need a big outside threat like it doesn't matter if he's the next best wide receiver like they might take a different wide receiver at that spot or just say, guess what? The wide receiver we need to fit in our system isn't there. Right. And we're, and we're, you know, the next best outside guy threat, he's like a day two talent. We're going to wait till tomorrow. And, you know, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking about, you know, let's just say Green Bay in this case at 15. You know, if the receiver they want isn't there, maybe they say we go Meyer. Maybe they go with one of their other needs because it's not the only need they have. You know, it's, yeah. it's a case of like, we, like exactly what you said. If, fit, if the fit isn't there, Sometimes it doesn't matter where he is on the big board or even on that team's list. Yeah, and Jeremiah came out with his big board 2.0. And there were a couple of notables that 
I think are worth mentioning um, that isn't consistent with what the mocks are saying right now, which the sure. one that stood out the most to me, which is consistent with what we're hearing in the Twitterverse right now about Cam Smith is Jeremiah didn't even have Cam Smith in his top 50. And we're seeing Cam Smith go in the first round right now. Um, mm-hmm. He actually had the majority of the corners. He had Ringo, Banks, late 40s, Cam Smith not even in the 50. Uh, Stevenson not in this 50, which those are guys that we're seeing going the first round of mocks. He had, and then he also like Breesy, he's had low, of course. Uh, and then who else? Yeah, those are definitely the most notable guys. Keon White, he had really high. He had at 15, which I thought was very interesting as well. Yeah, that was somebody that I I don't think I even fit them into my mock. And it, it, the interesting thing, too, is and anyone who's ever seen your sheet, you've seen it like you're just putting an average. You're ranking them by the averages of the mocks you're using, kind of where they're falling. And usually we get to a point in April, mid-April, right up to the draft where you know, the 32 guys you list first, like 26, 27 of them are, are going in the first round. Like yeah, it's, last usually, year. it's usually pretty close. And then, you know, the, the Chattanooga one was a bit of a surprise. And there, there's always like one or two that sneak way up. And then for the most part, the guys that fill in those spots, they're usually on your list somewhere between yeah, like 30, 30 and 50. Yeah, 30 out of 32 went in the first that were – of the aggregate. Yeah, um, Cole, Cole Str- was it Cole Strange? Yeah, he screwed Cole. it all up. What, what kind of name is Cole? To be <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that's uh, th- th- things like that are going to happen every year. Teams find somebody they like, they think it's a hidden gem, nobody else is in on them, and they're, they're, they might reach. Obviously, different GMs play that differently, but like that's, that's the takeaway right now is <clears throat> just looking at the mocks that you've taken in so far. From there's like 15 guys that are for sure going in the first round. Like, hey, you're going like right now. This is happening. And then from like 16 to like 60, like all the guys that are listed there are in somebody's mock in the first round. It's it's just so much more spread out. But I think it gives you a really good list. I think like your top 50 guys or whatever, that's a really good list of people to start just gathering all the intel you can on and seeing like is this guy actually a riser? Is he a faller? Is he somebody somebody put into their mock because they're just bad at mocking? Is mm-hmm. it somebody that somebody liked a little too much? And and that that's what makes the there's two kinds of mocks this time of year. Honestly, maybe three. There's people who take this deadly serious, like Jeremiah, who really want to do you know a good job and and put something as accurate as they can with the information they have way too early, and they're at a huge disadvantage. It's, it's impossible to do a really good mock right now. And then there's the then there's everybody else who knows that making a mock draft in, in March is stupid. And you have two categories of those. The ones that are just going to like, like me, who said making a mock draft in March is stupid, but I'm going to give my a try because I want to set like a baseline. And I want to start exactly. putting the puzzle pieces together and saying like, shit, the way I did this, uh, the sa- I keep bringing the safety up from Alabama. <laughs> the way I kept doing it, and I'd get to a spot where, like, the safety was falling out of the first round. And I'm like, well, <laughs> he, we can't have this. I need to re-look at some things. But, you know, I like doing it because of that. And then there's the people who are doing it because they need a bunch of clicks. And those are the people that not only are putting Anthony Richardson first, 
they're putting it in the headline they're using his photo in the you know in the the banner like those are you know those are boxes that are just for hey i want you to come click on our site and sign up for green line i won't it's... mention what i'm talking about <laughs> or no that that green line uh sports sport yeah, I was, sports I was trying to yeah i was trying to dig on cbs at that point <laughs> we love you will it's the it's it's a clickbait monster and i get it and yeah. i can't I mean, it's jeremiah's job ask, yeah. like his job is literally to make mock drafts and be the draft expert so uh, he's gonna put out a lot and then you had uh, what's the guys who is the raiders old gm um mayock mayock who only did one um and I would love for him to come back. And I was trying to think of like who are the like go-to draft experts. And we really only have like four in terms of like mainstream experts. Jeremiah, Brugler, who is like borderline, McShane, Kuiper. And then everyone else is kind of just on Twitter and doing the smaller sites. Um, this uh, is the first time I've ever done a mock um, that wasn't literally the week of the draft. Like, Two years in a row, I did one the day before the draft. You know, I, and last year, I think I did it about a week before. And then I, wow. I, 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 tight, I tightened it up, you know, in the days heading up to it. But for the most part, like doing it this far out, it was a whole different beast. And I, it, I mean, it's difficult to do it the week of when you have all the information. Doing it in March was damn near impossible. I know uh, you, you, you put one together too, didn't you? I just whipped one up on... Uh that on that site like it was like a gut check like foundation just like yours was like it was i was creating like the foundation of what i think right now and i'll probably throw a couple more up as we go um, but it was like literally like a gut check like i just went through and i was just throwing guys in as they went and i the hardest part was i got to the jets and the tackles were gone and i was like well, what are they gonna do and like the clock is running out and i I think I put mayor at the jets and that was like based off of a Jeremiah comment. And there's no one, there was no tackle left worthy of the number 12 pick or number 13 pick, which yeah, the Texans it, were hard as well. That was a, that was a tough one too. That got messed up a couple times. Like if you put, if you put Paris Johnson and Skaronsky in the top 10, the top 12, even, um, you know, if you've maybe the second tackle off the board is going to Tennessee at 11, the jets pick is weird. And truthfully, that's that's the other part that makes mocks so hard. There's going to be some trades that you're not going to see coming. You can't mock that. I do think, and this is me begrudging, I think my my mock, I'm going to do one every week. I'm just going to re, redo mine every Sunday. I'll try to release it. I didn't even tweet it out yet. I don't think. It exists. If you it search exists. Andy Molitor mock draft, it'll come up. I put it up on Bleacher mm -hmm. Nation. But uh, I forgot to tweet it out. I put this together like last Sunday. What Jesus is Thursday, Molitor. I've been so focused on conference tournaments, but um, I'm going to redo it every Sunday and try to publish it a little quicker. But uh, okay, yeah, it, it's it same as you. Like I just wanted to. I like what you called it there. Gut shot. See where I'm at. See how this hashes out. See where those bottlenecks are. Like that, where it's like, hey, if if these three guys go, it creates a problem at pick number. I mean, the Jets was a great example. Like, if the tackles aren't there, this is a problem. You know, we had this with uh, the Browns a few years ago where we thought a bunch of linemen were going to go early, and they had the 10th pick. It turned out I think the only one that went was to the Giants, and they had kind of pick of the litter, honestly. But 
So you did, it's again hard to predict, but you do yeah. end up with weird bottlenecks where it's like this team has to draft. You know, like eighty percent of the time they're going to draft a wide receiver. What happens if the wide receivers aren't there? If there's a run? If some guys go higher? If some guys grade out horrible this weekend or to have bad pro days and they're dropping and you can't justify taking them there anymore? Like what happens? There's there's like six or seven what if spots in every draft and. Yeah, and you know, like the Lions pick the one year. The two in like there's two, like farm farm beyond groupthink consensus picks in the mocks right now, which sometimes are right where and sometimes they're not. Which like Patrick Sertain to the Cowboys is the best example. A couple <laughs> of years ago, where like 100 percent of the mocks had him there, uh, but Christian Gonzalez to the Lions at six is definitely the biggest consensus, and then. And I think this is just like a copycat thing where no one really knows. But Quentin Johnson to the Texans at 12 is the other, like very much like group thing consensus that every single mock is going to have those two at those picks, um, which like the Quentin Johnson I can't get behind. But the Christian Gonzalez definitely, like I can see. Um, they're definitely a trade candidate. Hate talking trades, but they are. Um, and then Miles Murphy I think is going to fall. And I think Paris Johnson's going to go a lot higher than like easily top 10. Um, right now and i had devin witherspoon to the pats which the pats being when was the last time the pats had this low of a pick and they are yeah. an absolute landmine early which they could totally <laughs> blow everything up and what we think is going to happen in terms of a domino like they can just if if you're a mock drafter you're hoping the pats trade the pick today like ah, oh, we'll just get rid of our first rounder today like they trade it for a wide receiver or something that's gone. Like we'll we'll take we'll take the you know your whatever you know we'll take New Orleans the pick they got at twenty nine. We'll we'll take Michael Thomas. We'll flop you and we'll give you next year's first. That's not a draft the pick. It's not a trade that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. you're, you're right. You're right by calling them a landmine. Not only are they inconsistent and hard to predict, but they're never this high. <laughs> like it's usually later in the round where the chaos is already going to happen no matter what, because of right. you know, the, the, I mean, it's like picture every Marvel movie or any movie that's ever featured alternate timelines and realities. It's mm-hmm. like that where all the lines start. That's what happens once you get past mm-hmm. like 10, so many things can throw everything for a loop. And uh, it's it, when it's, a guy goes like Leatherwood is the, one of the example that comes to my mine first where you have like those guys you know are going to go in the first and then someone like leatherwood and the raiders take him at i think it was like 19 and then he pushes everyone else up so it was like leatherwood went at 19 and then the tackles which forget this the guy that the darisaw it ruined my darisaw yeah and i thought and then darisaw goes later than you think he's going to go because the teams are going to take tackle uh, which he went next tackle but if the Raiders had taken him, would would have won. But those landmines just push everyone back up when it's a guy you think is going to go later than you expected. And and it's funny that we started the podcast talking about somebody with some possible legal trouble here, and I'm going to go right to Henry Ruggs. Like, Ruggs being the first wide receiver off the board at that spot, like 12, that was a – and it's always the Raider. And I know it's it's different management, different front office now, but, like – like the the rugs pick there I was like oh my god are, uh, who's who's getting Judy who's getting Lamb now 
Um, and if the yeah. and if the we Lions, did, we didn't know Justin Jefferson was going to be that good. Obviously, like he was, right. he was probably rated fine to being the fourth or fifth best receiver in that. You know, and if the Lions weren't such a heavy favorite to take a corner, I would have a lot more interest in the first corner market in terms of long shots with the Pats sitting at thirteen or fourteen. Excuse me, because you don't know what Belichick's going to do, and he's and if they go corner, which is one of the favorites for that position, like he could totally take. <laughs> anyone like, People at, I haven't like, heard of. yeah in like 100 to 1 or 70 to 1 type corner in terms of first corner odds um which who knows the lines don't go corner very well could be in play yeah and i mean the biggest needs for lions uh wide receiver linebacker safety those aren't picks you make at that spot you, you can't justify right. anybody in those classes. You can't take a linebacker in the top. And it's like the same system. argument with like, when they'd they have took, to trade back to. Yeah. Like when they were number two pick, it was like, they got to trade this number two pick. Like they can't take a corner there and they ended up take or three. What? Yeah, it was three. And yeah, the Jeff, Akuda they did anyway. pick. it was, it went, it went Burrow, Young, Akuda. They should have traded it. They didn't. Maybe it works out in the long run. We'll see, I guess, but it's the same kind of thing. Like they probably have to take a corner because all their other needs are such less valuable. Like the, the value of the position is just not high enough at linebacker safety to use a top right. 10 pick. And I, there are wide receivers that are going to be picked in the top 10. I don't know about this year, but I mean, this, this year using that pick on wide receiver doesn't make any sense. And like, yeah, a, it's, it's, may, maybe, you know, the, the only, the only wild card, I'm not saying he, Andy is sitting here and saying 99% of the time the Lions take a, a corner, because. But I, I think more likely is a trade back if they don't. But they could take a quarterback. Yeah, it could get it could get weird. That's the only spot where I think either they trade back or take a quarterback, or if no. some one of the if one of the defensive players that's not a corner that falls falls a little that they're in love with we don't know about that could happen otherwise i think yeah your first corner is probably off the board into detroit yeah, and, and i mean this isn't their pick it's the broncos pick so it's like it's a weird case because they all of a sudden don't have the needs that they did in the past when that was actually their pick in the top five and the holes that normally a top five pick is going to be filling the lines don't have because they've already filled it with the last decade or so or, te- or five years or whatever where Trading someone else's pick yeah. back, I love. I love the QB angle. I've mentioned it before on the show, but we'll see. Yeah, long way out on that. Um, and then just into my mock real quick, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I've already shit-talked my own mock, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it kind of just is It is what it is. Like I said, it, it's early. I'm trying. I didn't even put the trade in. I th- and that, that I was going with that. And I got my own self sidetracked. My next mock, I'll put the trade in. I'll just I'll Thank mock you. Indy to I'll I will mock Indy to trading to the first pick and taking quarterback. Fine. India, Houston. Uh, I will. Yeah. I, maybe I'll maybe I'll do both. I'll do alternate top tens. Really spend some time at it. See what kind of time I have this weekend. But I, I will put the trade in. I didn't put the trade in. I just put Will Anderson first because if you don't trade. I just don't see Chicago taking a quarterback, even though it's it feels like uh, the value they could get from even a bad offer is more than you can get from a an edge player. I mean, at that point, if you keep the pick, 
Will Anderson has to be like an all pro in two years for for it right. to for it to justify itself. And I'm not saying he can't be. His upside is Hall of Fame. Like right. it's there. He's a he's a good enough player where we can we can really be looking back at this and say, like, that was the right pick. Oh my god, he he changed the face of that defense for 10 years and such is life. But I'll put the I'll put the trade in, I'll go with that. I'll probably stick with a lot of my stuff and it's funny too when we we talk about how quickly our mind changed on the Jalen Carter stuff. I said, "Shit, I should have sent my mock out because now I have Jalen Carter way too high." And then by the time the afternoon rolled around, I'm like, "When I make my next mock, I'm probably not moving him. Like I probably still <laughs> have him in the same. Uh, yeah. I'll probably have Jalen Carter going to Seattle at the fifth. Yeah, yeah. I mean he." I, I think I saw a mock today that didn't even have him in the first, which is definitely overreaction. But yeah, I mean, God, Seattle is the one where like, the character concerns in Seattle. I, I think they value character more than other teams. But yeah, he's not. I just don't see him falling in the top 10, no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to be looking strongly at, like, the 10 through 20 kind of spot, thinking about Green Bay and their tendencies, thinking about everything put New England. Like, New England is just going to be – I should just leave that one blank to piss you off when you <laughs> when you grab my mock. But I, I, uh, I mocked – yeah, I mocked Lucas Van Ness. I don't hate that pick for them. They could use an edge rusher. I think he's going to be fine in the league and everything I've read about him is okay. He's dropping a little for some people truthfully, but like new England does value the free agency so much more than the draft where I think that their draft, like thought process is just, these are all darts. Nobody knows anything. Let's just get more darts. Like if somebody offers them a trade, and they think it's value, like those picks are more valuable than the one pick they're trading up for. We will always take it. Like just don't draft a receiver. For the love of God, please do not draft a wide receiver. Like their privileges on drafting wide receiver have been removed. And they were removed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please, no. Again, like, they need it so badly. And because Jacoby's definitely gonna be out, or they might, and it's just like lost automatically they've never drafted a good receiver in Belichick's reign like never I gotta I gotta like compose myself here because I do want to take this next mock seriously but I I seriously was considering putting Addison to New England after you said that just oh my god I wish we were doing live at this point because the eye roll there the eye roll there was pretty hard you probably might injure Ratna at that point um yeah I don't know what to do with some of the guys a lot of that will come into uh come into focus as we go but joey porter jr's all over the board for people like you mentioned Bracey's all over the board for people bajan is all over the board meyer is going super high in some and i had him i had him to jacksonville i just can't justify taking tight ends that high for a lot of these teams that actually yeah. need it because a lot of like green bay it'd be a great pick but bam grab a wide receiver finally get another wide receiver one all of a sudden you you might have a, a whole different philosophy about what your quarterback is capable of because it's a different guy so i didn't hate what i did there and then you know the the i did throw in a fun one at the end that i thought uh there's always centers people don't talk enough about centers one and there's always there's always one that's like because a lot of it's like shit we can bump this guy out to guard and we have a backup center 
And right. I did I did mock John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota uh, to the Eagles. That's not a bad way to shore up that line in a, maybe a couple different spots if they need to. So I, I I I tend to move a center up. I think that was the guy that cashed for me for lineman the one year was uh, Ruiz. There's always a Big Ten center that's going to go late. So yeah, let, let's let's throw uh, John Michael Schmitz hat in the ring. And yeah, the, like you said, with uh, a lot of other people's mocks, like the last ten were super hard for me. I struggled. I'm going to struggle for a while. Any uh, yeah, the, any other mock mock thoughts? Uh, I think like I think the guys that are following like early again. I think like guys like Miles Murphy. I think Miles is going to fall. Those are, and then I think that I have like a core group of guys that I like. I'm not personally high on, but I'm seeing them sprinkled in mocks and I'm. Like the general senses, I feel like they're going to rise, are going to be, which how far someone like this guy can rise isn't far. But like Paris Johnson, I think he's rising. Cansey out of Pittsburgh, I think he's rising. I think Osiris Terrence is going to rise. And then somewhat of a two red flags planting, or two, not red flags, just two flag plants. I think Nolan Smith is going to go in the first. And then one of my favorites, and this is probably one of my personal opinions, but I just love. Emmanuel, For- Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, which I can see him going in the first as well, which Jeremiah bumped him down far. He like had a a grudge against all the corners in his updated big board. But those are some of the guys I think are going to start to rise. And then guys like Miles Murphy, Breezy, Luca's like, I think he's like in the middle. Like he, he said he had a couple of Instagram videos this, this week that I think got people hyped that I had friends text me like this guy's a beast um, but like Luke is rising the receivers are kind of just staying put right now I think everyone's just waiting in terms of the, the combine see what they run um, but Meyer can't do much I think he's just Kincaid dry Kincaid the age is really the only question Jeremiah loves Kincaid um, mm-hmm. and then Keon White's the other guy I thought we'll go in the first I had him going to the Chiefs yeah, and you've seen—I mean, you've seen some reports. I believe it was Charlie Campbell who said Paris Paris's uh, stock is on the way up. And yeah, I mean, I we talked. I just couldn't—I couldn't get Skaronsky into the top ten. The more uh, the more I did, even a month ago when I was looking at just the top ten alone, I kept saying, "Is the top ten nothing but quarterbacks and defensive players?" I just couldn't find a way to get, uh, and I guess maybe if an offensive lineman does go in the top ten, maybe it's not Skaronsky because I think that's kind of where we're at for risers. If Skaronsky's there at eleven, he feels like a lock for the Titans, like like mortal lock to the Titans at eleven if he's there. And stands go earlier, which like the Raiders, something came out yesterday about them being out on Aaron Rodgers, which I thought they were definitely the favorite. That changes everything for me in terms of what goes to the Raiders where I had them taking a tackle, assuming they would get Rogers, but now everything is blown up. Um, and then Richardson, th- when we're talking next week, Richardson's probably going to be the favorite to be number one at this point. Uh, the hype is just continuing. And when he throws against air on Saturday, it's going to explode. Um, it's going to mess that air up. <laughs> I had, I had Stroud to the Raiders. I like them. Uh, I like them trading. And I know it's a big dead cap hit, but trading their receiver, taking the hit, drafting a quarterback cheap, 
starting over. I'm not sure exactly what they're thinking. We'll figure it out. But Rodgers, yeah, who knows what the, the Rodgers and Carr sagas will bring. Those change a lot of things, too. Like what the Raiders and Panthers do at quarterback really matters. And we haven't got really good answers on that yet. As, you, as, well, and, uh, as you know, I used to work for the Jets um, not too long, oh, actually a long time ago. And I still have a couple of friends there. And they were texting me this week about Woody Johnson being in office. And he was asking all the sales rep multiple times who they would prefer, Rogers or Carr. And I mean, no one like no one really answered him. They're like, either it works because it's just that's what you're gonna do when you're an employee at the Jets talking to the owner. And I guess he grouped everyone up together at the like right before the end of the day. Had everyone raised their hands and said, "Do you want Carr raise your hand? Do you want Rogers raise your hand?" This is an NFL owner asking these sales reps that have like season ticket calls. Um, it, I was like, <laughs> I was just blown away. I mean, he's just he's like he's the owner that's got that gets put in the corner at the kitty table at owners meetings. But um, who knows? Like, if he's asking, maybe he wants the two. But I also heard that. He was telling reps last year that they were going to get Tyreek, and that didn't work out. So, Yeah. This is a man who was appointed by a sitting president to be an ambassador <laughs> to a different country. To, like That's wild. I love that story. And it, it's funny, too. It's probably just him taking a straw poll, and I, don't, I doubt it actually changes anything. But that's an interesting way to look at it, too. It's like, well, we still got to sell these luxury suites. Oh, I know there's uh, Aaron Rodgers pricing in place, um, but we'll see. Take I do pricing. have uh, just – I have a ticket on Rodgers to go to the Jets. I thought the price was too big. I just I, – I figured it was kind of like more of a 30, 33, 33, 33, like it's Carr, it's Rodgers, or they punt or try to find a rookie. Yeah, and I, I, I really don't like him to punt. That it feels like they're starting to build something there, and they need to bring someone in. So. Oh, the time is now. So, oh God. But yeah, next <sighs> week we should have a a yeah. good show, and we're gonna have a great guest as well. And I think we're gonna go live. Um, we're gonna have Ben if Solak. If, if you're comfortable with it, I'll go live. I'm fine. I know I've Ben is. I know yeah. I'm just messing with you though. <laughs> face you made. So yeah, we'll uh we'll nail down. I think the time was I think we'll do two Eastern if that still works for everybody. That's yeah. the time we set aside. Obviously, we'll tweet about it to make sure you guys come in and uh you know we'll probably just try to spend most of the time talking and picking Ben's brain because he's really good at this stuff and he's he's a great uh guy to talk about about talent evaluation and fit and that sort of thing. But he's definitely for just, yeah. combine. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted him. But definitely, if you can, join us live. You can drop some questions in, and we'll we'll try to have Ben answer some questions at the end as well. Cool. So, all right, let's call it a week. Let's go watch the Combine. 201-pound <laughs> um, Bryce Young will not be throwing, but uh, plenty of other stuff, plenty of intrigue. So for me and Luke, we will catch you next Thursday with the